I was speaking at a university in the state of Minnesota, and I'll never forget what one of the VPs said to me. This is almost 25 years ago. As we sat over lunch, I couldn't even tell you why he spoke it to me as we were speaking there together over lunch, and he gave me this piece of Greek prose that I remember to this day. I can't remember the context. I can't remember anything about the conversation or even my trip there. I know simply that, that this piece that he gave to me, I remember it to this day. Just listen to it for a moment. It was called Come to the Edge. And we sat there over lunch at the faculty table, and he said these words. He says, Tim, just listen to this. And he said, come to the edge, and they said, we can't. And he said, come to the edge, and they said, we're afraid. He said, come to the edge, they came, he pushed them, and they flew. And I'll never forget that to this day. Jesus could always get a crowd to listen to him. The problem is when he called people to the edge. That was always the problem. People came to the Jesus meetings, but not many went to the edge so they can be what God has called them to be. And I believe that what we're about to see here in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus is going to break up the crowd and give them their come-to-the-edge speech. He's going to take them from listening to miracles. He's going to move them from sermon to taking flight. Listen to how Jesus breaks it up. His come-to-the-edge moment. This is what it says. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, all of us would want to preach. Let's put this online. Let's do a podcast. He says, let's give orders to depart to the other side of the sea. He says, let's break up the crowd. This was his call to the edge. He was calling them there. And everyone is fine with Jesus until he starts giving orders and wanting to push them into places they don't want to go. And when it came time for pushing, I want you to see who's at the edge, who listened to the call. So look at this. When Jesus saw the boat, he called them to go to the other side. And then verse 23, when he got into the boat, where was the crowd? They weren't there. His disciples followed him. When the dust settles, only the disciples are in the boat. Verse 18 says, he speaks to the crowd. Verse 23 says, it was the disciples that go with him. Crowds can gather to listen. It's disciples that follow to fly. And this is what I want to challenge you with today. That What's amazing is that before this boat was to take off, because this is why I believe it was even bigger than just these 12 there were really almost 14 that got into that boat. But two, more, two men needed more information before they were going to be allowed to be pushed off the edge. Two people were deliberating between crowd and disciple, between listening and following. And here was their conversation with Jesus as they are teetering between the edge and the crowd. Listen to this. In between verse 18 and verse 23, it says, then a scribe came and said to him, teacher, I'll follow you. That's, the, follow, that's, the, that's what your command was. Wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And we don't even see his response, but we know he wasn't in that boat. Verse 21. 
Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and allow the dead to bury their own dead. Man number one said, I'll follow you wherever you go. And that's when Jesus said, foxes of holes and birds of nests. Man number two said, let me go bury my dad. Jesus said, follow me, let the dead bury the dead. In fact, those that, that read this and know contextually, and even at that time, the father wasn't dead. He just said, I want to wait around with my dad until, until it, it, it comes to fruition. So really what you're faced with was these two men said, I'll follow you, but we have housing issues and funeral plans for the future. And it needs to be addressed before we get into the boat. I've got a lot of stuff that I've got to take care of before I get into the boat. And Jesus basically says to both of them, one, Jesus is saying there are no guarantees of comfortability on this journey. When you choose to follow Jesus, there's no guarantees that you're not going to run into rocky water, air turbulence, and a storm. I'm just telling you that right now. I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. And he's also saying, Jesus is saying, dead things should be handled by dead people. He says, be careful of putting your fingers on things that are not going to bring any life to you. See, as a follower of Jesus, you have to give up this notion that you will be comfortable from the day that you become a Christian. That's why C.S. Lewis said it this way when he became a Christian. He said, if you want a religion that makes you comfortable, I don't recommend Christianity. How many would say that's true? To, okay. After considering what Jesus said, the two stay with the crowd they never get to the edge. They kind of back off from the beach and the boat. Because when you follow Jesus, get this now, church. You can count on this. You will get storms, but you will get miracles. That's what happens. When you go to the edge and you allow him to push you into regions that you've never gone to on your own. And let me just tell you, for those that have followed Jesus... I will go to the edge, but there are so many times I will not go off. And how many have been pushed by Jesus many times? It's like, okay, I'm here, Jesus. And then, whoa, Jesus. You get storms, but you get miracles. And today is a calling from the listening. Today will be a calling from the crowd. And it'll be a movement towards the other side. Because here's what happens. I want you to get about the other side. It's the good stuff that happens on the other side. It's the stuff that you don't get it's more than a notebook that's filled up with notes. It's more than a Bible that's just simply put in on the dates of the sermons that you've heard. But there's something even more that Jesus wants to do. Because when God calls you away from the crowd, it seems to be a minefield on the way to the miracle. Because when Jesus said, get into the boat, I, we, we have to get rid of this whole idea. Jesus' cruise line is not this icon of the seas where you have buffets and port of calls to go scuba diving. Let me just tell you this, because what they're gonna get on this boat journey is a huge storm, and then they're gonna gr be greeted at the, their port of call will be two demon-possessed men from the cemetery. There's no one standing there with scuba gear and fresh pineapple. It is two demonic men, and it's going to be a storm is what they're gonna get. For those who got into the boat, Jesus was about to perform two incredible miracles in four words. 
Two incredible miracles. This wasn't sermon material. This was miracles that needed to get through the minefield before you got to the miracle. You got to get through the storm and into the storm before you see what Jesus was going to do. Four words. Here's what's amazing. He would say, peace be still to nature. And then he would say, be gone to, to men that had demons inside of them. But to be part of the miracles, you're going to have to go through the storm. You're going to have to choose not to play it safe in order to experience what God has. It could be as simple as coming to the edge at the end of this service by lifting up your hands to say, I want a relationship with God. I want to be born again. It could be as simple as coming to the edge when God calls you to pray and to come at 6 o'clock on a Tuesday night to join us at at the altar and to begin to pray with us or to join us at our summit campus on Wednesday nights. But you have to come to the edge and live that life that, that is not simply safe and uneventful. It's amazing to me that the last statistic that's out, that this big thing that's starting to hit now kind of the evangelical church is this giant concern of the age now, the average age of senior pastors in the evangelical church. You ready for this? Just came out, is 60 years old. That's me. So here's what's amazing. So they're all concerned about that. It's getting, and I'm going, your concern is all messed up. Don't be concerned about us 60 year olds. You better be concerned, age is not the problem. It's when those 60 year olds, it's when your ministers, it's when your leaders start coasting and flatlining and not believing what God wants to do on the other side. It's when a 60 year old people begin to, begin to shy away from the storms where the miracles on the other side. 60 doesn't mean anything to me. Let me just tell you, it, it, I was thinking of the old, one of the greatest baseball players who didn't get into the major leagues until Jackie Robinson brought, bought, broke the color line was a man named Satchel Paige who didn't even have a birth certificate. And they asked him, how old are you? And his response was, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? And so that's me. It's not, age is not how old you are, it's how old you would be if you didn't know how old you are. People think I'm 60, but there is vision and there is stuff in me that says, I'm not afraid of the edge and we're going. So let me just speak to all the, all the seminary professors and all of you Christian pundits that are all afraid of a 60 year old. You should be afraid of us because what we see, what God wants to do is something powerful. It's something that God wants to do around the world. That's what God wants to do. How many 60 and over are in this place? Raise your hand with me. How many are going, I may look 60, but I'm, I'm a lot younger than that. Raise your hand. I, I don't know how many years God has for me before calling me home. But I tell you what, I'm going out fighting. I'm going out believing for a billion souls. So don't let age, don't let a birth certificate begin to to speak to you. I want to live an uncompromising life. Someone I shared with Ricardo while I was on, we took three days off, Cindy and I, we took three days off last week, and I was reading a, a, a biography of someone who changed Christian music. 
that us six-year-olds would know that understood Christian music, that changed, really, what you see as Christian music today, he was the pioneer of it. His name was Keith Green. Keith Green, if, if, let me just say this to Next Gen. If you've not listened, start now. The, the, the lyrics, the, the songs are so amazing. So much, uh, uh, let's not. So let me just say this. Just listen to Keith Green. Listen to the depth of the writing and what he says. And here's what's amazing. Keith Green, who changed Christian music, got saved in 1975. And I remember the day that he died in a plane crash. It was in 1982 which meant, and this is what I told Ricardo, Keith Green lived seven years and changed Christian music. Seven years! Because his biography told it all. His biography is called No Compromise. When you live your life with no compromise, folks, I'm telling you, God can do more with you in seven years than 70 years. It's a testament, listen. It's a, it speaks to the choir. It speaks to every one of these gifted musicians and gifted singers. That, that gifting can only take you so far. It's the no compromise life that takes you there. It's not because you can preach a sermon. It has to be a no compromise life that gets us there. See, crowds heard Jesus' sermons, but they will miss Jesus' miracles because they won't get in a boat. I'm just telling you this, I'm getting in the boat. I'm going wherever Jesus wants me to go. I don't know how many are with me on this, but we're getting in the boat here. And today I will invite you to go to the other side. I'm gonna invite you to come to the edge in serving, to come to the edge in praying, to come to the edge in giving. And I'm speaking especially to those that are watching around the world. Don't, you have, you, you that are watching from Singapore, you that are watching from Hong Kong and the Philippines, you that are watching from the Netherlands and from Barbados and Cuba, you that are watching from around the US, you have, you have the greatest challenge of staying with the crowd and listening. Because you're gonna have to probably do a few extra things to say, I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna pray, I wanna be part of giving, I wanna be part of what's happening. Because it's easy in the security and the privacy where no one sees you. And so that's why it's gonna be even a bigger challenge for you. In this story in Matthew 8, Jesus speaks to winds and waves. Jesus speaks to hell and demons. And the crowds miss it. American author Mark Twain seemed like he was speaking to those crowds that wouldn't get into the boat. Listen to Mark Twain's words. He says, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones that you did do. So throw off the bowlines. Sail away from the safe harbor. Catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, and discover. It was almost as if he was speaking to the crowd of Matthew 8 saying, what are you, you're going to regret this day because you're going to watch a Jesus that doesn't just preach sermons. You're going to watch a Jesus that can still storms. You're going to listen to sermons or you can watch demons get, get cast out of cemetery men that everybody else just locked away, but you get to witness what Jesus can do. Folks, listen, there will be storms, but there will be miracles because there will be Jesus. Wherever you go, I can promise you this, 
where we are going as a church, let me promise you this. Listen, all around the world and right here on 51st and Broadway, if you choose to go with us, here's my first promise. There will be storms. So if, you don't, if, you are, if you're looking for a cruise ship and not a battle ship, if you're looking for the love boat, I am telling you right now, this is not your place. Find another dock. Find another place to get on. This is not that. We don't have buffet lines. We, when, you, when you get saved here, we give you your sword, your armor, and we say, get ready. The battle's coming up. There will be storms. Hallelujah. But there will be miracles because there will be Jesus. There will be storms, but there will be miracles because there will be Jesus. Hallelujah. Habakkuk saw storms and God called him to the edge. So let me close with Habakkuk here. Some of you are looking at your clock going, this is a mirror. This is a long closing. In fact, it may be the longest closing of my ministry. But I want to close with Habakkuk. I want you to get a closer look on what freezes people from coming forward to the edge. Let me read it to you as Habakkuk is looking of what's happening around him. This is what it says. How long, O Lord, will I call for help and you'll not hear? I cry out to you, there's violence and yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity, cause me to look at wickedness? Yes, destruction, violence are before me. Strife exists, contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored. Justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous, and therefore justice comes out perverted. How many are just going like, this is our country? You're looking, and this is what Habakkuk sees. And then right in the middle of all this, God interrupts his, his words. God interrupts. While Habakkuk is looking at iniquity and wickedness, destruction and violence, Strife and contention, perverted justice, and it seems that the wicked are surrounding the righteous. Habakkuk is talking, but not moving to the edge. He's got opinions in the crowd, but his feet are not in the boat yet. And God is calling him to the edge, and God says to him, you're looking in the wrong place. Because you see so small, you see all the junk that's happening you see the problems, but I'm going to ask you to look differently. And look what God says to him in the next verse. God interrupts and says, hey, look among the nations. Observe. Be astonished. Wonder. Ooh, here it comes. Because I am doing something in your days. He says, while you're looking on all the junk, he says, I'm asking you to see larger. I'm asking you to see something that, listen, you look around our streets here in New York City, you can get depressed. But I'm, let me tell you, I'm not looking just here. I'm looking at the nations because there is something that God is doing that we are going to be astonished for what God is about to do. Folks, I'm just telling you, we're just finding out as we're looking among the nations and this is the part I want to help you with. This is the part I want to challenge you. You either question all the bad stuff that's happening and live on the defensive, 
or you go on the offensive and look at what God is doing in our days. I don't wanna see what Habakkuk sees, I wanna see what God sees. Let me say that again. I don't wanna see what Habakkuk sees, that's easy. How do you see what Habakkuk sees? Just look at the news. But to see what God sees, you're gonna have to look at the nations, you're gonna have to be astonished. You're gonna have to observe and then wonder. Because he says, I'm doing something in your day. And that's what I wanna just finish with today. Three words to Habakkuk are really for TSC. To observe, be astonished and wonder. Look at those words again. He says, I need you, if you want to see what I'm doing, I need you to observe, I need you to be astonished, and I need you to wonder. Those three words is what he says to them, that you could be stuck on what your eye sees, or you can see further on what God is doing. And this is where I want to just take you for these next few moments. The first thing he tells them is this, observe. Observe what is going around us, going on around us. Folks, I, I, I've told you this. I won't go into detail with it. But I've told you, something is coming to America and something is coming to this city that is going to be tragic. I watched it. I saw it firsthand when, when seeing what took place even in the nation of Israel as there was attacks that came to certain areas that all began to experience simultaneous attacks. I'm telling you, folks, as I observe what is going on in this country, there is, there is something that is coming here that is gonna call for the church to literally live a no compromise life. That folks, I'm telling you, that, that what we're about to face as a country, as I observe it today, what I feel God is saying, it is gonna call for people that are so sold out for God that it can't be business as usual. And it has to be something that says, God, we're seeing what's coming. As we stand for righteousness, people will rise up against the church. As we point people to Christ, listen, I, I'm gonna say this, and I know, I know let's, let the games begin. Here it goes. Um, as we point people to Christ and not a candidate for the election, we're gonna watch churches rise against us. Because if you've come here to see what our political stance is, here's our stance. We come right back here. That's it. That's all it is. So let me just tell you, because you may, right there, you may just go, okay, this is not our church. Okay, God bless you. It's, it's fine. We, that's not what we're called to do. Folks, this is the thing. We will not do, here it comes, we will not do what Habakkuk does and look to the, what's happening around us and go, let's look to D.C. to answer. D.C., will not answer our problems. We have got to see what God sees and see further and see what God wants to do in the nations, not just our nation, in around the world. God is bigger than the United States of America. God is bigger than what's just happening in New York City. God is touching the nations and I wanna see what God does around the world, what he does around the world. All right, send in your emails. Here we go, number two. Be astonished, he says. Observe what is going on, but be astonished what God has done. I'm grateful for what God has done in 2023. We're speaking about vision, and then with that, sometimes you have to speak about finances to win a billion souls. 
But here's the part I want you to understand. Last year, we made a challenge to you, and I wanna just give you this, an update. Last year, we asked you, we said, in order to do from Summit to YouTube channels, prison outreach, where we're still waiting on iPads for, the, for Rikers and the prisons, which is still not out of reach, but we did outreach in there, technology updates, we need, we asked you for a million dollars last year. Let me tell you what you did. You gave 1.3 million. That's what you did. You gave that, which is amazing. It's the generosity from you around the world and you that are here. Folks, so let me just give you a, spe a few specifics. You launched, your generosity launched four YouTube channels last year that, that literally begin to reach five billion people. Folks, do you know that the Spanish YouTube channel has just exploded from 30,000 subscribers in just 10 months from even the people that were helping us, the people that were helping us launch it weren't even saved, had to do some editing and some stuff on the message. The ones that were edited were getting saved. So just, so we're watching what God is doing on that. The Arabic channel is now in 15 of the 22 Arabic nations. Hindi has just started for a nation with almost a billion people. And the greatest thing about the Chinese channel is this. We cannot figure out what's, what, because it's, it's all coded on if we're in China or not. But we're watching is people from all over the world from China are all logged in listening in China. And people are figuring out ways to share. Here's what's amazing. You ready for this? We just got the numbers, so everything I'm telling you is, th these are real numbers, these aren't exaggerated. We just got, just on the YouTube channels, that this church, what you have done, is now touching 187 of 193 nations last year. 180, <laughs> folks, <laughs> look among the nations. Look what God is doing, 187. I'm gonna figure out what those other five countries are, and we're gonna get them. But let me just tell you right now, this is the word of Pentecost. Listen to, listen to what Pentecost is. And when this sound occurred and the multitude came together, listen to this, everyone heard them speak in his own language. The Pentecostal blessing, yes, I believe, is the gift of the Holy Spirit, but the Pentecostal blessing is men hearing, their own hearing the gospel in their own language. That's what we're called to do. I think of of this when, we, when I think of what's happening with all those stations. Isaiah 60 verse two says, for behold, darkness will cover the earth, a deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon them, upon you, and his glory will appear, and nations will come to your light. Isaiah 2, 2, now it will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord, of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and I love this last phrase, and the nations will stream to it. I'm not sure if you thought about YouTube, but stream to it. What you have done has been amazing. We've just released from what we did an original film that we did called Unseen on, on a, a biblical look at mental health and mental wellness. And right now, it is just for the last two days, we just released it to see what you were able to equip us to do for, for this film and it's been incredible. What you have given to us also allowed us to do a Yale prayer meeting on the campus of Yale where 700 people showed up right in the center of Yale. You allowed us to release the biblical worldview 
and to see what's happening. We had the delivery man bring in 5,000 copies of it and our team tried to tip them and they said, we can't take tips, but we like the title. Can we get two books? And that's what we gave to the UPS drivers. God has been so good, thank you. As we look back and just simply go, thank you. We are astonished at what God has done. But here's the challenge. I want us to wonder, because he says, not only observe, and he says, not only do I want you to be astonished, but I want you to wonder what God is going to do. And this is gonna be the challenge. Bill Bright, who started Campus Crusade for Christ, I may talk about his movie, the Jesus film, which has reached five billion people on the planet. They said some 750 million have come to the Lord. Bill Bright is with the Lord, but before he died, I was reading his book, his last book he wrote because he was stricken with a horrible disease. And it's called The Journey Home. And he wrote these words, set goals so big that unless God helps you, you'll be a miserable failure. I love that. Because that's where you come to the edge. I really, what the edge is here, the edge is where you have the ability to become a miserable failure. <laughs> because the goals that we're talking about are so huge that unless God shows up, it's not gonna happen. People thought we were out of our mind last year to set the goals that we did. But God came through, God did it. I've learned that, that, that what God wants to do, it's sometimes, sometimes you just gotta begin to turn your back on all the voices and just say, I know what God's called me to do. I know what he's asked me to do. Top of the list of everything that we do, and I want you to hear this, top of the list for us is Summit, is the next generation, that we will always invest in those young people that are coming from all different parts of the world. At the Bible school that David Wilkerson started, that Dr. Teresa Conlon has taken to a whole new place, this accredited Bible school, is now this year celebrating, ready for this, their 30-year anniversary with hundreds of students all over the world that have been trained there. It's the future of a billion souls. It's the future of what God wants to do. It's the future of all that's happening. I wanna show you something of just a few of the testimonies of what your generosity has done from last year and all the years of the past of what your generosity has done for this school. Look at this for just a moment. You'll see the video. Well, I know God has called me to be a voice in a world that is filled with a lot of lies. The biggest impact that Summit has had on me is that it gave me a place to lay a firm foundation. In a culture, in a world where we are told that truth is subjective, um, that morals are offensive, Summit still stands on the truth of the, of the Bible and they speak it in love. So currently, I live in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, along with my wife, and we serve at True Life Youth Ministries. Hi, I'm Hannah Oakley. I'm from Texas, and I'm a senior here at Summit. So in this specific area of ministry God has called me to is abortion clinics. And it's not a mission field that a lot of people think about when you say mission field. When we receive our youth, um, we can often see behind their behavior or behind their addiction. And at the core of drug addiction or sexual addiction or insecurity or su suicidal ideation is usually some form of either thirst or lostness. You can expect 
this darkness in the world. You can expect people to, to realize that they can't be satisfied in things and to look for something deeper, something more intense, a, a, a greater high. What's really sad is that you can find that even in the church. When our youth turn to these devices, when our youth turns to these apps, they're given programming that is just completely antithetical to the kingdom of God. I think there are very, very few places left in the world, especially in America, where young people can go solely for the purpose of getting a foundation in the truth of God's word, while simultaneously putting away distractions. Summit was an incredibly important place in my formation. It prepared me for what I'm doing today. When I came to Summit, I was 24 years old. I was thirsty, I was lost, and I was struggling with addiction. I grew up in church. I knew, I had a knowledge of what was right and wrong, but I really needed to go deeper. As a student, you're receiving straight up truth. In classes, you're taught to test what you're being taught, to go to the Word. You're encouraged to ask the hard questions. And if we're gonna take a stand in our nation and in our generation, we have to have a foundation of truth, and not just theologically, but it has to be transformative. We have to have experienced it. To anyone thinking about supporting Summit, I just want you to know that you're not just supporting any regular school. You're supporting a student going through a unique experience. You're supporting a unique environment that is finely tuned to help young people find God. I would say that now more than ever, the world needs a place like Summit. Summit is a necessity um, for this generation. We need voices that will tell us what the truth is because we're being told by um, leaders in, in every level of society that truth is subjective and to follow our own heart. You are sowing into a group of students who have set aside at least a year of their life um, to truly come and encounter God and to learn about Him, to get grounded in the truth of His Word. And so wherever they go back to, whether it's to a secular job or to a church or to a ministry or to evangelism, whatever their calling might be, they are making an impact on the spheres of influence that God has given them. And I just encourage you as well that it is making um, a domino effect on our culture, on our generation. And so you're not just blessing the students that are here, but you also are blessing the ones that they will leave an impact for years to come. Thank you for investing in me. For investing in me. Thank you for investing in light. Thank you for investing in me. Thank you for your investment. Thank you for investing in light. Thank you for investing in me. Thank you for your investment. Thank you for investing in light. That's our next generation. That's your Bible school. It's one of the, it's a gorgeous campus that this church built under the vision of David Wilkerson and now to see what Dr. Teresa Conlon is doing there is incredible. Though Summit will be with us in the, in the weeks to come, you'll see them on a Tuesday night and folks, I'm telling you, it's a worthy investment. And here's the challenge. The board challenged me and, and so you can blink and you'll miss all of this, but here it goes. So let me do it as fast as I can. And, and let me just say this to you. I want you to listen to me close. Those that are watching around the world in here, I want you to understand, this is not some, some person pleading, going, if you don't give, we won't do it. Folks, with God's help, we're gonna reach the nations. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. So I'm just, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm just asking you to leave the crowd and get in the boat 
And, and some of you are going like, okay, what, what are your promises in the boat? What's the first promise? You get storms. Let me just tell you that. So you may not, you, you go like, okay, I'm out or just on the first one. The second thing is, but you get miracles because there is Jesus. Because that's what we want to do. And I believe that Jesus is with that next generation. So I want to just give you a quick 2024 ask, and, I'm going to sh- and, I, and I'll build on these for just a moment. So I'm going to run, them, run through with you, and then I'm going to jump into it specifically, and then we're going to close. Here it is. Number one is, we will take of, we will take of all that money, 500000 and it'll go right to Summit. We're going to give them a half a million dollars, and we invest more than that, but that's what we'll do at first. Let me tell you the other cool thing, is that we're going to take $100,000, and we're going to give it. We have two more Ivy League prayer meetings coming up that we're gonna be able to go, folks, here's the exciting thing that I'm gonna tell you, that we are gonna be able to go to two, two more schools that Pastor Carter has been invited to, which is exciting. We're gonna be able to go to UPenn and Harvard and MIT and do prayer meetings there. So when you take that money, that is for sound equipment, that is for, that is for camera work and everything, that we're gonna be able to do those there. So th- let me just tell you, everything we're talking about is for a billion souls. This is, not, this is all for that. Number three is the YouTube channels. It's the 250,000 is gonna be for the YouTube channels. There are people that can go, let me, let me, let me just know what's happening there. We have right now the, uh, the four of them, if you can include English, that's five of them. We have French that's ready to go. Portuguese is being used. We're looking at Hebrew, but the other two that have been on my heart lately that I haven't even talked to missions about is, is it equals, equals about a billion and a half souls is Russian and Bengali. There is no Christian, there is no strong witness even in, in Bangladesh that we can have an opportunity to touch the 750 million there and even get another station for Russia that will begin to do something special there. So folks, there is not just the ones that we have. We need to get way more for that. Number, number whatever um, is the 200, there's the tech update and that's for us. We just finished this year. We did all the updates um, that will be all done by Easter. So we took 20 years of of old cameras and lighting, the entire annex is getting fitted out to do something right here. So that's the updates. The next updates will help us to go even further around the world. Now this is the one I can't tell you much about, but I'm gonna tell you a little bit. I'm just gonna give you, this is the one that excites me the most. It's 100,000 because of a United Nations project that seemed to open up to us. We We will be able to show you probably in the weeks to come once it's confirmed something powerful that has to do with prayer um, that will get ready because it, and only God could have done this. And so just be praying for our United Nations and the opportunity to pray um, and it'll be amazing. Um, also, there's two things that are happening uh, that God is opening up a door in Israel that we're gonna have the opportunity, myself, Pastor Carter, our church is there, that we're gonna have the opportunity of putting together filming and getting connect group material and of in reintroducing Israel to people all over the world of what and, and connecting it to the gospel. But we're also talking about that there's the possibility that since we can't do a New Year's Eve service here, we're talking about doing a New Year's Eve service live from Jerusalem this coming year. Let me just ask, I can't take all of you. How many would be interested in a New Year's Eve service from Israel? Okay, okay, I'll give you all, I know this is gonna get me in a lot of trouble, but let's just, okay, 
One of my favorite ones that's coming up, we're gonna need about $100,000. It's the feeding of 5,000 on 51st for Thanksgiving. We're gonna close off 51st, and we wanna feed, feed 5,000 people right out here on Thanksgiving Day. It's gonna cost money, but you're gonna have to give up Thanksgiving and come here and help feed people. Anybody willing to do that? Okay, so that's what we're also talking about doing. Um, the other part is this. This is, I know you may not think it's part of a billion souls, but it just keeps us alive to win a billion souls. With all that's happening around us, there's about a $100,000 security update that we need to do. We're probably the only church that you have to go through metal detectors <laughs> to come to church and put your bag through a, a TSA checkpoint. You feel like you're at LaGuardia, um, except the, the TSA people are nicer here. And so we just want to just say to you is that you have to understand there's some things that we have to do to keep you safe, but, but, but it's important to us. Okay, now here's the final one. Let me just tell you this. I, I struggle whether to put this up. So I, I'm going to tell you, we have an opportunity. Let me tell you what this is. We have an opportunity. It's probably going to cost a half a million, but I think it's, and once again, you could just go, I don't believe in that. It doesn't matter. We know what we're doing. So with, with what God's called us to do, because it could reach people. There's an opportunity we have for, it's going to cost about a half a million to do, to change all of our front of the church and our Broadway to put LED walls all over there that we can put, we can put gospel verses. Okay. Look at me for a second. I talked to a friend. You ready for this? I talked to a friend, and he told me, he's advertising. He says, you know what it costs to advertise in, broad, in Times Square? A quarter of a million dollars a month. We have, we have a church on 51st and Broadway that we can advertise every moment of every day and show Jesus the entire time. How many would feel like that's a pretty good investment on Monday? And let me tell you why that's important to me. Every Saturday, I come down here twice. I'm not telling you what time I'm coming down here because I, I don't want you coming to mess it up. So I just, because I don't want to talk, I talk to Jesus during those times. So I'm, this is, because I don't want you to catch me. So it's just on Saturday. You can catch me any other time, but not on Saturday. So I'll come in here and I'll pray over every seat. Every one of your seats have been prayed over. Every one of your seats. Every choir seat. I remember where people sit up here and, I'm, and, and vicinities. I pray for your seats up there. I pray The balcony, I start with you. I start right in that corner, right over there. I, I pray, yep, all that you're waving. You're the first ones that I pray for right up there. Do you feel a touch of God up there? you feel an anointing up there? Look at, you, look at, look at your neighbor and just say, do you feel something? Do you feel something? Because <laughs> your seats have been pre-prayed over. Pre-prayed over. Then I come back, then I come back on Saturday evening and I go around the entire building and I pray the blood of Jesus over all of our doorposts. I pray that God would protect every part of this. I pray that God protect our children as they walk in through the annex. I pray over every doorpost and I say, God, protect our people, protect. So one night I'm walking by, they didn't know who I was. I had a cap on, it was cold out, it was freezing and I'm walking by and these, this couple goes by and they just go, I didn't even know this was a church. And right there, I'm going, okay, we're changing all that this year. You're going to know this is a church. It is going to be glaring and blaring, and you're going to know that this is a church. I said, so we're talking about LED wall on the entire marquee, LED wall, the light boxes, and all the signage that we have on Broadway would change, and it could even get bigger than that. We'll keep you up to date on what's happening with that. So you may look at us and go like, oh, that seems too much. Not if we're dealing with a billion souls. I'm just telling you that right now. 
How many understand everything I just said? Everything I understand. How many would, it, so all of that adds up to $2 million. And how many would believe with me that God's going to provide? I mean, all in favor say aye. aye. Those opposed were not interested. So let me just say this to you right now. Because we're going on a ship here. We're going on a boat ride. And this is, this is, this is what God has called us to do. There's, there's things. See, faith does not operate. George Mueller says this. Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There's no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. That's where it starts. I want to believe for God to do that. And, I, and so here's what we're going to do as the musicians come, as we get ready to close. Listen to, me, listen to me carefully. We said what Hudson Taylor said. There are three stages. There's impossible, which I just shared with you, difficult, which will, will be on this journey, but then there's done. And there's more that's coming this year. We'll start next week a brand new teaching series from this pulpit all the way past Easter. I'm gonna take, because I feel like we've gotta get ourselves ready for this. I'm gonna take the next 10 weeks and preach on prayer for the next 10 weeks. And what we're gonna do is this, but we're gonna challenge you. We're gonna challenge you to be here on Tuesdays to pray. We're gonna challenge you to join with us on Wednesdays. And we're gonna tell you there's gonna be moments during this prayer series, we're gonna say, get back here Sunday night because we're, gonna we're coming back to pray for a prayer service. So you have to be ready for this. So we're gonna do a 10-part series, and it's called, it's really, it's the words that Isaiah the prophet gives, gives to King Hezekiah. And he says, because you prayed, because you prayed, we're gonna challenge you more and more to pray as a church. We're gonna challenge you in all those things. Starting on Tuesday nights, um, the first Tuesday of every month, you, we're gonna challenge you to come here at 6 p.m. Because all of our elders and our pastors at 6 p.m., the first will start in March. It'll be Tuesday nights. We're gonna be praying for the sick the first Tuesday of every month and asking God just to heal the sick and to do something special here. Here's the action step that I'm gonna ask you to do. This is not your tithe, it's just your offering. Don't blink because you're gonna miss it. But if you would, you take your phone out, and what you do is you just scan the QR code that's on the armrest. This is not your tithe. This is an offering. And I believe from around the world, and I believe right here, God can just provide. I believe that. And, you, and it should come right up as you scan it. Come right up at the top should be 2024 Vision Fund. Does that happen? When you, when you get, it's number four, or is it number one? Four. So it's number four. Just, you just go down. And I want you to prayerfully consider. It may not be today. It may be in the next week or two that you pray and go. Some of you may just go like, hey, we're in the LED wall. That's us. We got it. We got it. Some of you literally may just go like, hey, we, we want that Russian channel, that French channel. We want that port. Well, French is already done, so you're not doing that. Um, you, just may, you may literally go, hey, we want the security updates. We want to do all that stuff. I trust you. I trust you. That's, that's, that's as much of me you're going to get to try to push you. Our vision is for a billion souls. That's everything we're going to do. And everyone is part of it. From the greeter at the door to those that are on a TSC board, to those at Summit, to the security people who I'm so thankful for, all of our security. You may look at, at, at these exits and go like, I had someone go like, I, I couldn't get by those, those, those mafia looking guys at the door. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for what you guys did. And once again, to the best gold jackets in all of Broadway, those ushers are absolutely amazing. 
to the TSC Kids Ministry that, never, that you get, never get to see. Donna Strebeck and her team do an amazing job on floor number three, and we're so thankful for what you do. For every one of you guys that stand up here and come here to practice, for every time you come here to sing and practice and lead us, thank you, Ricardo. Thank you, Elder Vicky. Thank you, Kareem, for, for what you do. Thank you, JR. Thank you, Yuha. Thank you, JD. Thank you for all that you guys have done for the sound men. You, if, they didn't, if they didn't do the sound, let me just tell you, from, 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 from these amazing guys, from Juan and Asher and the rest of you guys, from the camera people, Tyler Strebeck and the team, thank you for all that you guys do because we couldn't do it. We, keep, we get to keep legal counsel on staff. I look at Afama. She keeps us out of jail. And so that's why we're just so grateful for her. We just go like, she makes sure we just stay honest and we do this and we just keep everything right up front. I'm so grateful for these elders. So thankful for all of you and what you guys do. I'm so grateful for Pastor Patrick. He's the, Pastor Patrick is the mayor. He has been here longer than anybody else at this church. Him and Rosa have been here from day one. And so many of you, your faces have been here. Every one of you play a part of this. A man once walked by a building site there in Italy and he saw as they were building this incredible church that were there. There were three stonemasons side by side sweating over their work in the sun. And they asked the first one, they said, what are you doing? And the first guy just goes, he just goes, I'm laying bricks. Asked the second guy, he says, what are you doing? He says, we're building a wall. And they finally asked the third guy, they said, what are you doing? They go, we're building a great cathedral. He saw something larger that I'm just, I'm on security. I watch the three-year-olds. I do junior high. And I think of Gio and Stan and Joe, of what they do with junior high, high school, in college, it's next gen, it's the next generation. And you're not built, you're not, you don't, listen to me, gold jackets, you are not ushers, you're building a great cathedral. There's a billion souls that you're part of. That every time you seat somebody, every time they see a smile when they walk through the door, you are part of them, of them coming to Christ. Every one of you. They're not notes you play on a keyboard. It's not a, a, a chord you play on a guitar. It's part of winning a billion souls. It's not just a choir song. It's part of a billion souls. From, from whether, whether it's Asia that, that, or Anna that wheels out the pulpit, some of you are going like, what's the big deal? You just push it out. No, 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 no. If this is here, then I've got to hold everything like this and try to do it. No, no, no. Everybody's part. What are we doing? We're doing this together because we believe in a billion souls together. Luke chapter 5 just simply says this. He saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. The fishermen got out of them and were washing their nets. And look at verse 3. And he got into one. Stand with me. Look at verse 2 again. The Bible says he saw two boats. Go to verse 3. And he got into one. Look at verse 2. He saw two boats. And look at verse 3. He got into one. And what happened to the boat that he got in? You know what it did? He said, move it out to the deep water. Throw out your nets and bring in a haul of fish. And here's what's amazing. When they get this catch, Simon argued a little bit. He said, hey, we tried to do this all night and we couldn't do it. And the Bible says when they did what Jesus asked, they enclosed this great quantity of fish. The nets began to break. And here's the part I love. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. 
and they came and filled both boats, but they began to sink. You know, I want to be in the first boat. Because the first boat's going, when we moved out, this is what God did. It was incredible. You know what the other boat gets to do? The other boat gets to be part of it, but they have to tell the other story. They don't have their own story. They get the story. And can I, can I say something a little selfish? I want my own fish story. I don't want to tell other people's fish stories. I love what God is doing, and I'm not, I'm not going to sit here going like, oh, because some of you, some of you are going to be challenged today. Which boat do you get into? The one that gets pushed out to the deep or the one that just kind of sits there? Because here's the deal. When we go out to the deep, there's going to be a great quantity of fish. And here's the good news. You get to be part of it whether you give or not or don't give. It doesn't matter. That's why there's no pressure. You get to be part of it. There's, there's no pressure. Seriously. But here's the good news. I, I believe that God is going to do something so amazing. And the best way to start is just believing, God, I want to be in the right boat. Anybody with me? I want to just be in the right boat. Can we, just, can, can we just lift our hands and say, God, choose my boat. Choose my boat. Come on, just tell him right now. Just say, God, choose my boat. I want to be in that boat. God, I, want to be, I don't want to be in the boat that's always looking from a distance. I want to be in the boat. So God, whether that's serving from children or 212, whether that's serving with feeding 5,000, whether it's serving in translation, God, that maybe they know a second language, not, not simply to communicate with family and relatives. Maybe they know a second language that's supposed to be online to communicate and pray with people from that country or from that region. God, just use our boats. Use us, Lord God. Father, please don't allow us, Lord God, to just sit back. Choose this boat, Lord God. Father, we make the promise today that there will be storms, but there will be miracles because there will be Jesus. And so, God, I'm just asking you, just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, here it is. Come to the edge. Come to the edge. We won't come to the edge. We're afraid. Come to the edge. He pushed them. And they flew. Come to the edge. Those that are watching from the Netherlands. Come to the edge, Philippines. Come to the edge, Barbados. Come to the edge, California, Texas. Come to the edge, Florida. Come to the edge, New York. Come to the edge, Michigan, Louisiana. Alabama, come to the edge. Come to the edge, Georgia. Come to the edge, Germany. Come to the edge. Let God begin to do something. The greatest, I'll do this as fast as I can, but it's the most important thing. Being born again is coming to the edge. It's leaving the crowd and say, I go to church. But when you come to the edge to be born again, it's when Jesus pushes you and you fly. Something powerful happens. I would never leave this service without giving an opportunity for people to be born again. This is what we're called to do. This is what we're called to do. 
but it's choosing to sit there in, the, in, a, in a crowd boat or to say, God, I want all that you have for my life. And what does that mean, Pastor Tim? It means being born again. It's the relationship that changes everything. God loves you so much that he sent his own son 2,000 years ago to change us from the inside out, not just to forgive us of our sins, to deliver us from our sins and to give us a place in eternity. If someone was to ask you today, I, was, I kept thinking, Elder Vicky, when you kept singing that song, that last part, death, death is not the end of it. You are, you are. And I thought to myself, wow, that's so powerful. We've probably never been in a church that sings about death like over and over again, like we just did today. We just kept singing it, was going like, but that's exactly, but nobody wants to talk about it. But here's the cool thing. For some of you, you think death is the end of it, but until you step over and trusting Jesus with your life, then you're able to say, you are. You are. It's not the end of it. You could be born again today. He could change you. How does that happen, Pastor Tim? It's as simple as what three letters? A is admitting that we're all sinners. We're all broken on the inside. We can't fix ourselves. There's not a prescription. There's not a program. There's not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. There's not a priest or a pastor. A mosque or a cathedral can't be this church or any other place that can fix you. Only God himself can fix you. How does that happen? It's the B word, believing that God sent his son 2,000 years ago to change my sinful condition. We're all broken on the inside. And since I can't fix me, I need God to fix me. And he sent his son 2,000 years ago. It's not you who get yourself to heaven. God sent his son to be our, to be our, our sin bearer. He, he would die the death we were supposed to die, live the life we couldn't live, to give us a reward we don't deserve. And you could be born again by admitting I'm a sinner, believing that God sent his son to die for us, and finally see, confessing him as Lord. What does that mean? Confessing Jesus as Lord means you're the boss, not on Sundays for two hours, but every single day. He, when you become a Christian, he gets Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Making him Lord changes it from a religion to a relationship. And with every head up, every eye open, Folks, let's just make it as simple as we can. If you're here today and say, Tim, I want God in my life. When you pray that born again prayer, would you include me? And if that's you and you're here today, watching online, Jersey campus, or watching around the world or around the country, if you're here and you just go, I want God to come into my life and change me. I want to be in that boat. Wherever Jesus is, that's where I want to be. And if that's you today, when, we, when I pray this born-again prayer, and you say, include me, balcony, main floor, online, annex, without any hesitation, if you say, include me, put, put your hand up. Say, put me in that prayer. Hold it up high. I want to see those hands. Look at all those hands. I see you. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you. All back there. Yes, yes, yes. Got you over there, there. All the way over there. Yes, thank you. Balcony, yes, yes. Online, put your hands up online and at your can we all pray this together before we sing and close? Come on, let's all say this out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. 
You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Come on, say it with me. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. The Bible is my guide. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen and amen and amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And be sure to subscribe so you can receive new messages each week. Visit tsc.nyc for all the latest info on how you can stay connected. Also, don't forget that you can follow us on social media on all major platforms at Times Square Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week.